0: i Rob Herschel, CEO and co-founder of Rackn and your host for the Cloud 2030 Podcast. In this episode, we discuss development methodologies, which very quickly turns into a product management methodology because those things are really interlinked. And we spend a lot of time talking about how product management and the influence on user experience and operational experience has been transformed by the forces of market and how difficult it is to then organize team development process to fit these quickly evolving, very targeted product uh, delivery challenges. Very fascinating conversation when you think about just how interlinked our development process is to the way we consume products in general. I know you'll enjoy the conversation. People still, I uh, used to be very excited about Agile, um, you know, are these cross-dev processes still getting the enthusiasm as, as they used to? I actually heard people bashing on Agile lately, and, you know, this still, you know, if, and if we're not doing this, what are we doing instead?
1: Well, wait a second. L- let yeah. me ask a question about your question, because I, you okay. talked about three different things in the same way, and sure. I want to know which one you want to focus on. Um, They're all related, of course, but is it agile dev processes, dev processes themselves, or development, which is becoming more and more, uh, I don't want to say a lost art, but Mm. it's becoming more of an assembly line.
0: I was more thinking the process piece, right? Are we, is there something that's replaced um, agile in, in market in, in con, uh, anyway, we have kaizen kanban kanban scrum like I used to hear people talk about that stuff a lot more um, and we're, we're not um, I, in you know in the sessions I go to yeah
2: I, I I think it's mostly going through like agile light where uh, the agile methodology is not followed as religiously uh, as mm-hmm. it has been until now. Uh, John, you were going to say something.
1: Yeah, I, I think, A, it's mainstreamed, and so it's just become part of dev. But the other thing is also to those, and I've heard a lot of bashing about it as well, is that you just can't get from here to there using Agile process. It's kind of like you hit a limit, and you can't do what you were trying to do with it because there's too much in the way of integration of other people's stuff, Number one, you. you know, bringing open source into more enterprise like or, or um, um, oh. vendor locked in kind of code and no code and, and low code are really making a dent. And I think that's where a lot of the bashing is coming from. You don't need professional developers to be doing some a, a good portion of that coding.
0: Interesting, I, because I heard what you said, and I was thinking, especially with the open source piece, is that the role of product management is also on the decline, right? Part of part of agile that I think gets overlooked is you're supposed to have stories, and you're supposed to have you know clearly defined user stories that you're building towards, and and you're you know part of the value is you're going to interact with the product owners. To do this, you know, uh, iterative development model, um, and what part of what you're describing to me is maybe there's maybe it's a tighter integration with that, but it hasn't felt that way. And in open source product management is incredibly hard to do. I've tried. Well, yeah, no,
1: you, I, I wouldn't even <laughs> kudos for trying. I wouldn't even attempt it. But yeah. I think product management itself is a very nebulous topic right now because I know people who are product managers at companies that are startups or let's say like beyond the first phase of startups. So they have some funding and they're actually trying to make you know something work. Um, who are probably the least qualified people to be product managers that I've seen. There are, a lot of them are Gen Z. A lot of them have a couple of years of experience. They worked in a startup and they were given you know, higher title and higher title and higher title uh, yeah. to keep them complacent or, or whatever, um, even after an, a, a product was released. And they're the least qualified people to do that because they don't have the experience with customers and they don't have the technical knowledge. And so it's become part of marketing more than it has become actual engineering. And I think that's the big mistake. And that's why there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, places where it's going to fail within the next couple of years, because those roadmaps are, are really far out there. And I think the place where it's going to show the most is in Mm -hmm. the quote unquote metaverses. The lack website. of product management you mean, or, well, no, I mean the ineptitude cool. of the ineptitude <laughs> of the product managers for some of these companies because look look what happened with meta they just rolled back some of it
0: Meta? also oh, would um that would i don't know what you're referring to
1: well in uh, meta as in previous- oh
0: meta, called- meta sorry i thought you said netapp okay no wonder. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, Meta 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 stepped in it big time. Yeah. Yeah. No, they and they were you know, basically doing stuff for Zuck at, on his own, right? What what he thought he wanted, and then it's just nobody's
1: interest. Feeling miserably. And and what's really interesting is if you listen to the Nvidia conference or were there. And you listen to the amount of game gamification that's making its way into the metaverse. If you sit down and try and start designing for a metaverse, you will drive yourself crazy because it is not only, uh, you know, like learn unity, learn all of the 3D stuff then try making it functional from an IT perspective. Not that gamification is not technical, but it's a very visual art, right? And the codification and coding is not quite the same as, as writing an app. But so,
0: of, if, go ahead. Part of what you're describing to me, and I've seen this, is I feel like the design value of what has been built is going down. Like, I would agree. I, I think that the user experience or the operator experience of of systems that I interact with in tech are worse today than they were five years ago.
1: Absolutely. Um, I would agree. It's not, because... just, it's not just me. Everything's no, like, nah. no. And okay. I, I'm curious to hear what Klaus has to say about that as well, but I just want to finish my thought. Yeah. It's, it's the difference between UX and UI, the experience is being dictated by the, the UI, not by the sy- systematic approach of designing for information functionality or, or not the overall experience, but that part of, of the depth. Right? We want it to be pretty and easy, and the functionality just goes right out the window. And where it's all going to come to a, a, an apex point is in the metaverse because, I mean, I've actually sat with Unity and with AutoCAD and, you know, yeah. many of the tools that I'd used years ago and started trying to build a 3D model just, just for, you know, purposes like content delivery or something else. It is hard. The learning curve is long, and then when you try and add some function to it, good luck, Charlie Brown. I mean, it's um, it's taking tools that are were not designed for this purpose, or were designed for the artistic side of IT, and making them functional as environments. It's it's the rubber is going to hit the road very very shortly on that, and people are going to pay a huge price for it because it's not like you can iterate. Mm -hmm. The objects that are in there, and you're going to have to start learning object-oriented, like orbs, and ORM, and all of that kind of stuff, all over again. Unless you're familiar with it, it's a huge learning curve and a high, high expense for companies. Classics, you're for (laughs) it.
2: Yeah, um I have slightly different hot take on on that aspect. Um uh, I agree that the experience has been degrading. Um I disagree on the root cause. I I, oh, cool. I don't I don't think it's the tooling that has been getting worse. I think it's been the um the creators' um, priorities that have shifted. If if you look at uh, web-based content, it's shifted a lot towards pushing an experience onto the user instead of enabling the user to experience things the way they want. Look, look like, at for example the 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 Reddit, um, UI UX changes. The, the they they're by and large. Absolutely panned. Like the, the default Reddit experience is horrendous. Um like where where it used to be something where you would just have, have like a like a series of links. Now it's basically turned into Facebook. Like it, yeah. And that's because they're trying to push a different process of content consumption than they started out with. And, and this is happening like all face, over the board.
0: Facebookification. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I mean, it, it, when, when you look at the metaverse, it, it's, it's really not intended to be a, uh, an open playground. It's, it's intended to be a content-pushing platform. And, and consumers are, are just looking at it and saying, like,
0: why should I care about this if it's not giving me what I want? So, so the people who are spending a lot of time on design are actually spending it on the design to push advertising and content, not on user experience.
1: I but but doesn't that run contrary, Klaus, to the principles in Web 3.0 of decentralization and self-governance in terms of identity and security and all those wonderful things that you know, make up the "quote unquote" next next iteration of the web. Uh, that's, I can't push an experience on you if you own your data.
2: Uh, and, and that's partially also why we, we see we've seen such a such a divide on, on the opinion on, on Web three 3.0. You, you have the you, you have the um, the the developers who 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 are working on, with the more classic model and saying like. This is how I'm going to do put content out, and then you have the 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 decentralized <laughs> um, creators who who are by and large getting fed up with the uh with the platforms that up until now are like the de facto standards. I'm I'm providing alternative sources. Like look at YouTube, for example, like the the. The content recommendation algorithms in YouTube have been noticeably declining. And as a result, we're now seeing a lot more decentralized tube platforms mm. cropping up. The, 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 their, their content recommendation algorithm is still very much your on it on and it's, its noticeable. But it's getting to a point where alternative in particular less polished alternatives are starting to become appealing because the, the mainstream uh, platforms are becoming less appealing so one has to wonder at, at what point will the uh, will the will the scale tip towards like I, I, away from the, the the mainstream platforms towards another major candidate. It, like it, look at what happened in the past with um, uh, the the Reddit predecessor, Dig. Um, right. Like they 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 tried to push a particular experience, and the backlash was terrible to the point where the within literally months the platform sunk.
1: Okay, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but is that is it is it the platformization of these types of technologies where like youtube um, youtube i I consider a platform with its sort of cohorts around it? Then you have Pinterest as a platform with its cohorts around it. Now the push. And for the last six months or longer, the push has been to TikTok everything. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> like it, it's got to Don't the point have... where, where TikTok is replacing uh, think, Google I... search. People are, are yes. searching for how yeah. to do things on, on TikTok.
0: Right. No, it's I clearly, um, and even even you know my Twitter feeds and uh, other feeds are are increasingly being invaded by TikTok produced video.
1: Um, Well, TikTok has a billion users and is TikTok the next the new Facebook? Probably Is there something better that will come out? Probably (laughs) Hopefully Uh, (laughs) Although Qubit failed miserably Yeah it, well, yeah, they they started up and, and shut that, down within two days.
0: Yeah, but no, I, I think it's, in, it's incredibly hard to get get the the key. I mean, some of some of uh, what I've what I've learned about the TikTok, and it's interesting because our process methodologies is turned in, almost into a product. Really, we're really talking UX product management, which I think is is the the reality of these processes is that everything is about how do we take. Good user. How do we build great user experiences into products? Um, and, t- and and I think some of TikTok's success was actually the integrated cross licensing of material. This is the way I've way I've heard it described. The the thing about TikTok is that it's a it's enabling people to blend um, music and snippets of things together in ways that people. Like we talk about the algorithm all the time, but they, from a creator's perspective, they've mm-hmm. enabled something on the creator side that um, was not easily possible before. Like I've, I've created YouTube videos, added a snippet of song, and had takedowns, even though it was not my you know. I'm like, yeah, it's just background noise, um, and you know, you're getting takedown notices because you've you you know included uh, you know a jingle from some bit, someplace. Um, and and TikTok fixed that problem, creators.
1: Yeah. But but here's my question: yeah. How do you how do you transition the initial TikToks TikTok experiences into converting sales? Because if I look at my son, for example, or you look at your kids, mm-hmm. and the way they devour TikTok if you ask them how much of it they remember at the end of a day they don't Ah. they'll remember something if it re if it's really really humorous
0: (laughs) right well they're watching to share it's interesting because like my kids watch a lot more YouTube Um, but they do it instructionally, and so we'll have conversations about things they learned on YouTube all the time, and they clearly remember that. Um, yeah, you know, it's in some ways watching TikToks has felt to me like watching um, uh, ads, yeah, it's like watching the Super Bowl ads. Um, and it, it, you know, even even like the stuff that I end up Getting in my feed like they're, you know, like these are how how to do whatever. So, you know, a whole bunch of short how to's. It's great, but it's not particularly, me, it's not captivating. I'm, I'm always amazed at the people who get pulled into TikTok well, from that perspective. Um, um, and again, like
2: I, I see TikTok as being the equivalent of, of back like 10, 20 years ago, putting on the TV as background noise, it, it's there. Like you, you you occasionally absorb the content, but, but you really don't pay much attention to it. And it could well be that the two are related because again, like cord cutting was a very major thing in recent years. So um, something had to fill in that gap of background media.
1: Well, they're calling it ambient computing for a reason. I mean, I like the I like the term because it it to me represents ubiquity of technologies, but I don't know that it was intended to be ambient in the way you, I and Rob would understand the word ambient, which is literally background noise. I mean, their focus on it. If you if you watch people that are involved in TikTok, it's like Scroll, listen, scroll, listen, scroll, listen. How much of that do you really absorb in the long term? And I see it as very detrimental to we're a generation of lifelong learners. They're not. Because they'll never remember it all, number one. And number two, it it has to take a lot to get their attention to begin with rather than just scrolling through.
0: Well, it's sort of like flipping through the card catalog from that perspective. Right, or flipping through magazine. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, 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 I like to, to be optimistic about it and say um their attention under learning is focused somewhere else. But it like it TikTok is, is, is not is not a learning platform. So the, the, they they're using it uh, it's being used to to unplug not not to um not as a platform to uh, do, enter- uh attention uh, uh attention uh, important uh task.
0: Right. Uh, off right. now I'm reading stuff on my screen. It's um no it's it's entertainment from what we're saying. Uh, yeah.
1: but it's not edutainment, which is what YouTube started out to be.
0: Yeah. And still I still treat YouTube that way.. Um,
1: but 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 if I take that back to your dev questions, Rob, then please. then the the thing is, how do you then, I mean, think of the attention span that you have four <laughs> seconds to capture someone's attention on a website. Now it's down to three. How do you come up out of the noise? from a product development point of view when the product manager is a TikTok devotee, which is a very short attention and, you know, like cram as much as humanly possible into five seconds or 10 this seconds. Is, or well, there, this is, well, there's an interesting
0: cross here. Cause one of the things that I had and I, you know, um, some people were recommending this flow methodology, team flow methodologies book, which right. has captured a lot of of attention. It's along the lines of the developers, the New King stuff,
1: and mm-hmm. that that design really seems to have empowered people to do you know these these
0: two pizza two pizza teams, I team autonomy. Like it's funny because a lot of these methodologies start with something and then they get misinterpreted.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, on, did, did
2: on the, I feel, yeah. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, on, let us let, let's, let's be a devil's advocate for for a moment, and so sure. let, let's say, like, that the blog is focusing on, on the on the short attention span aspects. I don't think that's necessarily bad. Like, what, one of the, the the biggest complaints about agile is, is the the sprint. That once you've logged into your sprint. You're, you cannot deviate from it, yeah. which means that when you need to deal with a hot fix or a, a sudden um, external change, you cannot react to it fast enough, which, which is rather ironic considering the, like, the name of the methodology. So, yeah. so maybe it's a good thing that um, the, the product manager... Is taking the short attention span into account?
0: I I don't think that's the problem as much to me as we're building. We we've doubled down on silos and small yes. small like it's it's not an attention span problem to me. It's a very narrow focus problem. I, like the to me the TikTok thing is is it's not where I was expecting to go. Um, I was more thinking like, all right, we've created product management and, you know, dev process that is like, I have to deliver my thing as fast as I can within to my specs. And I'm really not going to worry about what other teams are doing or reusing what other teams are doing. As a matter of fact, I'm not giving myself time for that. Um, And if somebody brings in something that I have to interact with, it's a distraction. And I'm, I'm going to you know, I'm going to fight
1: against it. Right. But that, that ends up, I mean, in my experience, that ends up being what mechatronics was supposed to be. And we know how that failed because you had three linear, you know, streams, all, all working in isolation that eventually, eventually all had to dovetail into test, And if they didn't, meshed together well, no pun intended, you were screwed, right? Because you had electrical engineers, mechanical engineers and software engineers working in absolutely fragmented ways. And I think that that's not been a good thing. I'm seeing the same thing. It almost reminds me, the word that I was trying to search for before and couldn't come up with quickly enough was sharding. We're sharding (laughs) development. Which is an extreme form of agile. So, I,
0: yeah, I mean, this is one of the things with agile teams is that you typically, you know, to Boss's point, you put them in a bubble. You don't disrupt the bubble, but you're supposed to come up. I mean, the, the whole point of it was to come up for air, synchronize and coordinate, potentially throw away the work you're doing. Um, but I, I feel but that, like you're, that's the, you're
2: yeah. <laughs> I think that that's what many, natural devotees have forgotten the the throwing away part. You, you yeah. get too attached to what you've done the previous sprint, um, then you you you're, you you fall into the sunk cost fallacy.
0: Yeah, we get re- we get really bad about breaking work into small into into you know sprint units um, from that perspective, and sunk cost is a big deal. And, I, and the funny thing about working really fast is, I think. Um, so we actually end up with a deeper sunk cost fallacy. And, you know, it's like, oh, I, I did this. I worked really hard. It's done. I'm ready to move on. It's it, you know, you you keep treat you treat that like finished and you move on. Um, but then we I, I don't I mean, I'm not talking. I don't think that's a full thought.
1: No, but I, I know. We throw away not. stuff. We
0: just, yeah.
1: Even if you, but but think of it, a as wasted work in terms of throwaway, but B, I, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I, maybe I'm too old school. You need time to think. You can't just sit down, bash out code on your first try. It may be brilliant, but it may also be not that terrific. And then you have to go through the integration or synchronization part with other Parts of the team. To me, that's like, why don't we cohesively, collaboratively sit down and figure it out? And then, yeah, okay, I'll write this part. You write that part. Uh, we'll see how those things, you know, sort of come together. Because developers have their own styles, and I think that's part of the problem with agile. Is if you bubbleize people or bubbleize little teams too much. You're going to run into the bubble bursts, because my code is not as, you know, uh, it's a different style. It's designed to do something uh, somewhat different than you expected. And now I have to reinvent the wheel.
0: Well, and then we've made it where I don't want to work with another team, because you're going to disrupt my Hello. my bubble. Over the, over the flow, flow methodologies to me, I was reading it like this is, I, I see this being built everywhere we go and we're actually building tools to empower flow methodologies, thinking the sharding I like that better. Yeah. Um, but very little to encourage the cross team integration. Other than DevOps, which ends up being
2: co-opted as just another term for... SRE,
0: yeah, hand it off to production. <laughs> automate. <laughs> I mean, is DevOps, what? DevOps is, is automated. Is is out on the head. Please automate the production.
2: Yeah, which is why we have now half platform teams. Which is, I mean, it's, if you boil it down, it's it's the same yeah. idea. Trying to to do a cross team thing.
1: On um, yeah. well, all right. I have cross team things between OT and IT. And trust me, those are definitely not fun.
0: Those are brutally hard. All right. Thank you all. Uh, top of the hour, so I'm going to wrap us up. Uh,
1: easy move.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I will, I will be online, at least from the car, next, next Thursday. The topic is, oh, we have no meeting, or I have to find a guest host. So no meeting. Let's, let's keep it simple. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for the well, lively conversation. Thanks. I'll talk to you from Baltimore.
1: Cheers. Take care. Bye.
0: Wow. It really is interesting to think about how much our development process and team structures influence the products that we build and how much the market in general influences how we look at building products and what we build really interesting interconnectedness in this conversation. If you're interested in talking about things like this, please join us. We would love to have your voice on the roundtable, your questions, your thoughts here. You can join us at the2030.cloud, and I'm looking forward to hearing you and your questions. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding it's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community thank you